Well, today we continue our Advent series, Holy Moments, Holy Moments. And uh, we focus on a holy moment in Mary's life, Mother Mary's life. Just like Yancel so beautifully reflected on Mary's life with that song, Mary, Did You Know? Maybe you've heard the statement that life is not measured by time, but life is measured in moments. Life is not measured by time, but life is measured in moments. And that's true in, in, in many ways. We rarely remember a whole year or a whole month or a whole week or a whole day, but we do remember the moments in a, in a year, in a, in a month, in a week, in a day, those special moments. For example, I remember the moment when I was standing right about here, on this chancel area, looking at my youngest son, Connor, and his bride-to-be, Molly. It was just the three of us right here in this chancel spot, and it was uh, their wedding day, May 16th, 2020, and it was just the three of us up here. They didn't have any wedding party. There were only eight other people at their wedding. It was us three right here, and then eight immediate family members sitting in the front row. It was May 16th, 2020, two months after COVID broke out. No gatherings were allowed. Everything was shut down. But Connor and Molly uh, still wanted to get married on May 16th, 2020. 20. They, they had <laughs> waited long enough. They wanted to, to move in together and get on with life. And so here we were, the three of us and the immediate family gathered. We had 11 of us, Molly's immediate family and our immediate family, had 11 of us had a little reception out in the lobby. We were actually a little bit illegal. Remember those days, 10 and under? Or under 10, we had 11, so we, we, we were hoping that no one would stop by. <laughs> and we had a delightful reception out in the church lobby. But it was a moment that I will always remember. And I know that Connor and Molly will always remember that special moment. Life is not measured by time, but life is measured in moments. And during this series, we're looking at some holy moments in uh, the story of the birth of Jesus. Holy moments in that story. And, and, and what, what do they mean? What do they mean then? What do they mean now? And how can we experience some holy moments this Christmas season? How can we experience some holy in the midst of the hurry of the Christmas season? Last week, we talked about Joseph. In a holy moment in Joseph's life, uh, Mary breaks the news to Joseph that she is pregnant, and he is devastated. Joseph is distraught. He knows he's not the father. He has not been intimate with Mary. He knows Mary has been unfaithful, and so he could publicly disgrace her or quietly divorce her. He decides to quietly divorce her. But then uh, the angel, an angel Gabriel, appears to him in a dream and says, take Mary to be your wife. Uh, and this becomes then Joseph's holy moment, his moment of obedience. 
His lowest moment became a moment of obedience. His lowest moment became a holy moment in his life. Joseph obeyed. Obeyed God's message through the angel without knowing all the details, without knowing how it was going to turn out, without knowing what was ahead. Joseph obeyed immediately, even if he didn't understand completely. How about us? When God stirs within us, when God prompts us, when God speaks to us, and when we don't know all the details, do we obey immediately without understanding completely? As we do, we will experience a holy moment in our own lives. Well, let's look at a holy moment in Mary's life. Christmas, uh, this holy moment, her holy moment was a song of praise. Christmas is certainly a season of praise. Christmas is a time of music. We've been enjoying some wonderful Christmas music this morning. No season sings quite like Christmas sings. I mean, think about it. The majority of music that we're listening to on the radio or whatever other place is, whether sacred or secular, is Christmas music. No season sings like Christmas. Christmas has to be sung. It's not just enough to be told. And the very first song of Christmas is sung by Mary. Isn't that amazing? Here we have Mary, this 14 or 15-year-old teenage girl from, from a, a lowly village, hick town of Nazareth in northern Galilee, singing the first song of Christmas, Mary's song. Let me give a little background to the first song of Christmas. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary and tells Mary that her aunt, Elizabeth, who was far beyond childbearing years for her, has been, is, 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 has been miraculously given the gift of a child and is pregnant, miraculously pregnant, with a baby who would be named John, who would be then named John the Baptist because as an adult he was baptizing, and John the Baptist, Elizabeth's son, would become the forerunner of Jesus. So, um, so this angel tells uh, Mary that Elizabeth, who is well along in years, has been pregnant, is pregnant, and immediately Mary goes to visit her Aunt Elizabeth to see if this is indeed true. If what the angel said, that her, her aunt Elizabeth is pregnant, is indeed true. And so I pick up in verse uh, 39 of Luke chapter 1. Luke 1 verse 39. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah, Zechariah was Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was almost like the child within her knew what was going on in some uh, mysterious way. The child within her leaped, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? 
When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. So we have these two women, aunt and niece, Elizabeth and Mary, together, bearing sons, John and the one who would be called Jesus. Both of these sensing that God has called them to a special task and that God would do amazing things through their sons. When Mary hears these words from her aunt Elizabeth, she is encouraged. Mary's encouraged because this confirms that what the angel said about her own pregnancy and her aunt's pregnancy, what the angel said is true. And so she is encouraged. And Mary, in that moment, breaks forth in praise. Mary, in that moment, immediately experiences the holy, a holy moment that becomes a moment of praise. Let me read the next verse. Mary responded, Oh, my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one is holy. And he has done great things for me. This song is an incredible song of praise, an incredible moment of praise. It's known as the Magnificat. Based on the Latin, the first word in this song is from the Latin word uh, for Magnificat. Um, It's a magnificent song of praise, a song of rejoicing. Mary's joy and excitement are expressed in this song of praise to God. She praises God for the favor bestowed on her, a lowly servant girl of low estate from a lowly town in Galilee, Nazareth. And then she proclaims, and we're going to get to that right now, then she proclaims the design and triumph of God's purposes for all humankind. She proclaims the design and triumph of God's purposes for all humankind. She breaks forth in song, and then she proclaims God's purpose. Verse verse 50. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He, that's what God does, has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. This becomes a, this, this is a song of praise, and it becomes a revolutionary song. E. Stanley Jones, the great evangel- Methodist evangelist and missionary, calls this the, the world's, the most revolutionary document in the world. The most revolutionary document in the world. Why, why does he say that? Why is this such a revolutionary 
document. Mary's song of praise pictures God on the march against entrenched power and wealth and God on the march for the poor and lowly. And that was revolutionary in the first century. It's revolutionary in the 21st century and revolutionary in any century. God is on the march for the poor and lowly. Here's my conviction. Any form of power, whether that is talent, ability, money, material possessions, uh, position, any form of power and influence is a divine trust. A divine trust. And then someday, somehow, God will hold us accountable. Jesus warned that those who have been given much will be held to a severe accounting. In Luke chapter 4, verse 16, when Jesus came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and he stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet, you know, basis of our anthem this morning from the choir. You know, I, I want to walk in the light. Uh, the, the, the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him, to Jesus. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently, and then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. And another on. On another occasion, you can, you can read it for yourself uh, today, Matthew chapter 25, 31 through 46, the great judgment. In that great judgment says that, that as we care for the least and the lowly and, and the lost, we are caring for Jesus. As much as you've done unto the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done it unto me. And so Jesus is uh, saying to us that he's on the march on behalf of those of the, who are least, the lowly, and those in need. Mary, a lowly teenager of lowly estate from a lowly village carrying the Savior of the world makes God's case for others like herself. This is a revolutionary song, a revolutionary document foreshadowing the coming of a revolutionary savior who would turn the world upside down. Actually would turn the world right side up. May our songs of praise today and may our songs of praise this Christmas move us toward the poor, the lowly, the least, and the lost. It is then we will experience our own holy moment. We will experience the holy in the midst of the hurry when we take our eyes off of ourselves 
and serve others. When we let us not become blinded to all that we have and miss seeing what others don't have. And that's why it's so appropriate to have the Salvation Army as our mission of the month for December. And that's why it's so appropriate that we conclude our, our gift giving to families at Crestwood Elementary School who don't have much. And we can bless them, put a smile on their face, and make their Christmas a little more joy-filled. And it's so appropriate that we have our last fundraiser for Belize today so we can take that money and serve food and bless the people in Belize next month. Mary's song pointed to a Savior who would usher in a new kingdom, an upside-down kingdom, a kingdom of righteousness, justice, and peace. So may our songs also point to a Savior, point to a Savior, and lead us to service, to offer a kind and encouraging word to someone who is discouraged, to offer an ear to listen, a heart to care, and to reach out to the lonely, the lowly, the least, and the lost. These are the songs of music. These are the songs of praise. And these songs will create the holy moments that we will remember. Life is not measured by time. Life is measured in moments. Let's pray. Lord, help us to enjoy the music and the songs of the season, to listen and to sing. And help us, O oh Lord, also to reflect on Mary's song, the first song of Christmas that when she met Elizabeth and she realized what the angel said was true, she could not help but sing. And it's interesting that her song took a turn, took a turn toward those in need, that, that you, God, are marching on behalf of those in need. And so I pray that our songs, too, would take a turn and that we would rejoice and give you praise and that, that our songs would lead to service. Use us in these next two weeks, Lord, of this Advent season as we approach Christmas Eve. Give us those holy moments that we will remember for the years to come. In Jesus' name, amen.